I came home one afternoon and found the door locked. Climbing the fence, I saw the basement flooded with an overflowing washing machine. I pulled the plug and went upstairs. In the dark bedroom, Agnes lay with glazed eyes, staring at the ceiling. Her face seemed to have collapsed upon itself. Grandma? She didn't speak. Occasionally her jaws worked, but no sound came. The dark room was quiet, except for the ticking of a clock. There was a mystery suddenly working, an intensity that would change the family forever. At a favorite spot in the park, Grandfather played cards with retired friends. I called her name, but she didn't respond. Exhausted, I still gripped her hand when Father came home from work. He called the ambulance. Paralyzed, Agnes rode to the hospital for a brain operation. The vigil began. Agnes appeared fragile in the hospital bed, and I tried to remember what her voice was like and what she had done after adopting me at three. How did this go badly so quickly? Had I helped enough in her garden that mysteriously flourished despite cold San Francisco weather? Would Jesus heal her? Suddenly, I could hear a county Sligo voice again as she beckoned me near the Christmas tree. Mirth glowed in her blue eyes. Look into the tree and you'll see something wonderful, lad. Come on, look close. I looked close. It was an old game and fun. See, something wonderful is hiding in the tree. Something magical. Her tiny mirrors turned in the branches, and I saw my face. Didn't I tell you, lad, you'd see something beautiful? At the hospital, Dr. Lestretto took my father to one side. She's diabetic and needed insulin, he insisted. Not an invasive operation. A bit late now, father said. One March morning, grandfather broke into the bedroom waking me and father, demanding in a broken voice how we could sleep with Agnes dead. Jesus, father said, how could we know? We got up. In the hall, grandfather looked like an animal that had been struck a fatal blow, yet unaware it was dying. At the wake, I stared at Agnes in the coffin, waiting for her to move, to speak, to communicate. I imagined her a pretty Irish maiden at an Irish ball, holding a tasseled dance card, or huddled in a ship crossing the ocean. I saw something pass over her dead face, a ripple. Yet the rosary continued, people kneeling, sitting, listening to the droning voice of the priest. The old Irish wore black. The stale air of the chapel was redolent with flowers full of whispering voices. Father knelt, or sat bolt upright, attentive, ready to pray. But there would be no miracle. Agnes was gone. He turned and looked at me. Son, are you all right? Yes, I said. The murmuring voices continued. Grandfather sobbed, leaning over the coffin as they were about to close it before her final ride to Holy Cross Cemetery. He kissed her dead face. I'll never see her again, he said.